Hey friends, welcome back to the Embodied Faith Podcast. We are doing uh, a new kind of segment as a reflection episode based off of a previous episode that we just finished recording. And we're asking questions about what is the role of community or of joy? How can we honor uh, the parts that we have within us as well as self-compassion when we seek to unstick our minds, when we have these thoughts that are holding us back? Um, how can we uh, kind of have a holistic kind of picture in doing all these things? Uh, this is the Embodied Faith Podcast, where we're seeking to get unstuck through a neuroscience-informed spiritual formation, and we're produced by Grassroots Christianity. All right, Sid, which is right there. She, her hand's right there. Woo. Actually, you're backwards. Let me flip it. Here we go. Zoom. If you're watching online, you can see that I'm. Uh, uh, if you're watching on on YouTube, no yeah, we're sitting next to audio. each other in the video. You can go onto YouTube. Uh, we're only a couple of feet from each other. Anyways, anyway, so this is a more informal podcast, obviously, where we're not uh, interviewing guests, but we're reflecting on a recent uh, episode that we just did on how to uh, get unstuck. How to get unstuck with your mind. Uh, and we interviewed uh, Mamika Cooney, uh, and she offered uh, some good advice about how to dwell on God's word, about how to take every thought captive, and um, in a sense, how to kind of develop grit and kind of mental uh, resilience, uh, which was all really great. But we kind of run out of time, and you were like, "Oh, there's more things that that yeah, could be a lot said." Of things that I wanted to talk about that I think relate to what she said, and uh, it didn't feel fair to keep her on to have all these conversations. So. Jeff and I wanted to just have a conversation too. For those of you that have been listening for a while and have listened to several of our podcasts and several people that we've interviewed, there's a lot of tie-ins that seemed like it would be good to make um, with some of the things that Mamika was talking about. Um, so one of the things I really wanted to emphasize uh, that I think we didn't really address was the role of community in getting unstuck in your mind. Um, a lot of what she was talking about was, you know, asking yourself what is true, what is not, you know, sort of looking at your thoughts and having a mirror for yourself, which is great. Um, but sometimes I know I talk to a lot of clients who end up in a spin cycle of thoughts and spend so much time analyzing thoughts and trying to figure out if they're true or if they're right or whether they should be thinking something different, um, that it turns sort of into this thought vortex. Um, and it mm. seems like there's no way out of that. Right. And so I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, the role of community is really important here and finding trusted partners to have conversation with or, you know, having a spiritual director or a coach or, a, you know, even just a friend, uh, just people to be talking about saying, I'm noticing these are the thoughts I'm having. What do you hear when you hear me say that? Or what stands out to you as you listen to me say that? Just having that that reflective yeah. mirror that she was talking about, I think, is so often helpful to have that be another person. So, and that's the role of like conscious community where you have communal discernment. Am I seeing this right? Uh, am I seeing this wrong? Or um, I've said all these words, but then someone else can kind of pick out and you do this really well in your coaching when someone will say something, but then like one out of the the list of like five items say that they're worried about you sense in their body or their emotional tone that there's a certain gravity right. to that particular part and when they're saying it they feel like these things are all of equal value and then you say oh hold on like i noticed when you said this that i saw this on your face or i heard this in your voice or your body kind of made this motion and it could be 
a positive thing too, right? So this doesn't have to be negative. Um, but so in community, you can kind of interpret those right. emotional signals and that's kind of on the cognitive side. But then um, the research also says, you know, Jim Wilder and Michael uh, uh, Henderson, in Hendrix. the uh, Hendrix, oh, I knew I was going to get there. <laughs> in the other half of the church, they talk about like the um, not subconscious, but almost pre-conscious communal values through attachment. Is that who we are? What our identity is is kind of reflexively connected to the people that we're attached mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So sometimes the best way to change your thoughts is to change your community. Is to um, be around people who are. Um, well-equipped at having those thoughts. Like I want to learn to not be so negative about myself. Well, I need to be around people who spontaneously practice positive communication. And, and then, who can catch me when I'm yeah. speaking negatively and who can say, I noticed you just said this, you know, what, where does that thought come but, from? Those but that would be on the cognitive kind of like link, like uh, articulated side, which I totally agree with, but just seeing people, just seeing them, uh, it's the kind of like, um, it's caught before it's taught kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I just see people responding in a certain way and staying positive or have it or taking that thought captive or who knows what. So, so that'd be one of the things is the role of community, both on the conscious and like pre-conscious level. We need good community. Yeah. I think it's really hard to do that kind of unsticking your mind kind of work on your own. So just really important to have dialogue partners and community around you as you're doing that. And then another thing that I thought of too, was just um, the role of joy. Uh, you know, you hear us talk about that all the time, about how joy is this experience that, you know, joy, we're designed for joy. God made us for joyful connection. Um, joy is the thing that fuels us and fuels our lives. And without a capacity to be able to experience joy, the capacity to be able to dig in on these thoughts and change our minds about things is just not there. Um, and so even just this idea of like, you know, there, even if you're realizing that you have a lot of thoughts you want to change or you feel stuck in your thoughts, um, I always like to start with people on building joy first mm-hmm. because joy is what gives you the fuel and the strength to be able um, to address thoughts that are difficult and to do that hard work. Um, because without, you know, with a low joy, with only a little bit of joy or no joy at all, it's very hard to find the energy and the capacity to do that kind of work. And um this you've been learning a lot about the what's the emotional no no positive what's the the not the EQ or the IQ with the PQ positive intelligence yeah positive intelligence maybe I get this wrong but uh, but connecting with joy the idea that having um, uh, the capacity not just to help change those but then when you fail and you're like oh I just I've been like wallowing in that thought again. Like if you have low joy, then all of a sudden shame creeps in and now you're just like getting doubled down with all this negativity. But when you have higher joy capacity, then the ability to correct yourself again to repair that thought rupture uh, is there. Joy increases your resilience. And so even when you're not, you know, you're not able to follow through or you have the thought again, right, then you're able to bounce back because Mm -hmm. of the joy. And then you also wanted to talk about like parts and how uh, maybe there is a part of you that's really motivated and maybe somewhat capable to take thoughts captive. Uh, but then there's other parts of you maybe that are not. Is that what you're well, going no, at? Or what you thinking think of else? is that, you know, these pervasive thoughts that you feel stuck in, the things, these thoughts that keep coming back and back and back, those thoughts are generally coming out of um, a place where you had to develop a strategy to be able to survive, right? So if you're having a thought, um, I want to think of an example. So if the thought is like, um, I better stop talking about this before we get into conflict, right? So like if there's like this conflict avoidance kind of thing, we're like, 
I really want to say this. I really want to be able to keep pushing this with this person, but I'm going to stop because I don't want to you know, get in trouble here. I don't want to mess up this relationship. That's a learned behavior. And it's a strategy that you developed throughout the course of your lifetime because it kept you able to survive in, in different environments before. And maybe it's not still necessary now. Um, but sometimes instead of just trying to immediately shut that, you know, to push that thought away and to be really like, um, you know, it's almost like you're battling against yourself and being like, mm. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I don't want that thought. I don't want to think that way anymore. Um, that that can create that inner tension, um, that just makes that sort of parts work that we've talked about when we had Jenna Remersma on, we've talked about internal family system stuff before you interviewed with somebody else about that too. Like that internal family systems and parts work. Um, when you're resisting this part of yourself that's working really, really hard um, to do something and to um, protect you in some way, um, and you just kind of try to push it away or overcome it or defeat it, that's often going to make it worse or make mm. that tension even greater. Um, and so in some of these ways of thinking, you know, taking thoughts captives of deciding you want to change your mind and believing differently um, that's all good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's not the whole process. Sometimes the process also has to be noticing a thought that you would like to think differently, but then doing the exploratory work, being curious about how is this thought somehow trying to protect me or serve me? Like if I say I'm going to avoid conflict, I'm just going to back away from this situation. What does that gain for me when I do that? Well, it keeps me comfortable, right? It keeps giving me this illusion of connection, even if I don't feel deeply intimate with this person. At least I still have this, like we're not yelling at each other at least. Um, and so just sort of understanding that that's where that might come from and recognizing, okay, it's clear that I want to be comfortable. I want to be in relationship. I want there to be harmony in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but recognizing that. And so when that thought comes up of, I don't want to get into this, recognizing that, oh, okay, there's that thought again that's trying to keep me in this place of not wanting to get into conflict and not wanting to be comfortable. I can hear that and I can decide what do I value more, being mm -hmm. comfortable and staying out of conflict or really having deep relationship. And then once that has sort of been listened to and been curious about, then you can move into, you know, trying out something new. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, sometimes we have... Um, in, you know, in the Christian culture and in the, you know, we often have this sort of triumphalism of, um, we just need to overcome and we, uh, we do have the power to overcome. I'm not saying we can't Amen. overcome. Um, but sometimes that overcoming energy, um, doesn't feel very gentle or kind. Um, and I think sometimes we can beat up on ourselves and be at war with ourselves rather than having that compassion and tenderness of this thought is here because it's been doing good for me or it's been trying it thinks you know i think i'm protecting myself this way yeah um and then going back to joy right joy is what makes us feel safe in the first place joy is what gives us that strong foundation of connection um that helps us weather things that feel uncomfortable or feel like they're mm -hmm. um you know causing conflict or disharmony in our relationships and that way like as you're saying that i'm thinking that uh, that would be a great way to keep from doing like the pendulum swinging where we kind of go from like, oh, this is bad. I'm going to go way over there and focus on these other good thoughts. But if you haven't done that work that you were saying of like uh, investigating so that you can integrate those different parts of you and have compassion, at least for why that's happening, uh, you will probably 
you know, do the pendulum swinging. But if you can have integration, have compassion, then at least you can carry those good things in with you, couple them with other good things. And now you're moving forward in a really productive sense rather than maybe in a year or two finding like just you're burned out in a totally different way or something like that. So, well, did you have one or two more thoughts or are we going to land it now? Well, one more thought. Okay. One more thought. We have, yeah, we got got all the time in the world. So uh, there's a, you know, there's a coach that I really um, admire. His name is Jim Trulevin and he talks about context versus content. Um, And so, you know, what you're just talking about, if, if you don't do that inner work of figuring out what this, you know, doing that curiosity of where is this thought coming from and how is it serving me? You're, you're trying to fix the content of the thought without addressing the context, which Mm. is you and your whole internal world and your internal life and your life story. And like, it's all of you, right? So the content is the thought itself. The context is you um, and your world. And so if all you're trying to do is change the thought, the little content, but you're not doing anything Mm. to change the context, which is your level of joy, which is your, um, you know, your supportive community, Um, which is your resilience, your capacity to be able to handle, you know, your ability to regulate all of that is your context. And so just dealing with thought by thought without dealing with the context really is just going to keep getting you stuck in the same places Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah. So true. So to sum up then, of course, um, it's Jim Dethmer, by the way. I said Jim Trulevin. I was mixing people up. All right. But the other guy's great too, though, right? Yeah, David Trulevin's great too. And hopefully we'll have more of those, uh, (laughs) more of those people on on the episodes as interviews. So uh, when it comes to taking thoughts captive, of course, we want to emphasize our agency. We have agency over our thoughts. Uh, And so there is kind of a capacity for using and exercising our willpower. But as the research shows, willpower only gets you so far and it's not super far. What you really need is an attached, trusted community of people who are modeling other ways of living and being. Um, that, that you're both catching uh, by being around them. And then you're also kind of in a community of, of correction, of being able to mid-course correct as you go. Uh, and then even the level below that is just the the neurological connections of joy and the capacities for joy to both do that hard work of self-reflection as well as to recover when you blow it. Uh, and then I'd like, it's not a, a deeper level, but is the, the idea of just like the global context and being aware of that so that when we are making these switches, you know, we're, we're getting down to the deepest roots. So uh, we just wanted to spend a little bit of time offering that quick reflection. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, we're trying to move into a space where our episodes will have uh, interview episodes, then a reflection episode like this. Uh, and then um, moving forward, sometimes Sid will offer like a practice episode where she will just a real short one, three to five minutes where she just guides you through. So be looking for those uh, on future upcoming episodes of the Embodied Faith podcast, which you can get on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, all the other places. um, And you can usually watch on Facebook and Twitter. So any last thoughts before I hit the end broadcast button? No, you're just talking really fast. (laughs) I know. Of course, I'm talking really fast because it's like at the end of the commercial where they want to give you all the health benefits, but it might kill you. This podcast will probably not kill you. It should not. I don't see how anything we said will kill you. All right. Until next time. All right. Bye, everyone.